Hello, and welcome to another episode of So Here's the Thing. So, you know, you talk about people who mentor you, people who come in your life and tell you that there's something more, right? Yep. For me, uh, the only thing I wanted to do was like have enough money to buy some general nice clothes, right. help my mother, you know, get a few drinks every once in a while. But right. it never occurred to me that I might travel outside of um, New Jersey. I might travel outside of the Eastern Seaboard. It mm. just like none of the relatives that I knew were going to Europe. They weren't going to Jamaica. They weren't right. going to South America. Like they just they didn't have the money or they didn't think let me like broaden my horizons so from my experience that's that's just from my experience i'm it just there were people there were not, so go ahead, go ahead so Brianna. so since you brought that up yeah i think it's we should go into moving on up and out into the world mm. Mm. describe your first travel experience as a black adult on your own oh. and so this one for me yeah is, go ahead. This one, I couldn't wait to talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so um, for me growing up, we were pretty poor, you mm. know? Um, and like we were talking about taking the shame away from it. So I'm not ashamed of it. We were, yeah. we were poor. So I did not travel. Like mm-hmm. I didn't go to Disneyland. We yeah. hardly went down South for the family reunion. Right. <laughs> so, gotcha. yep. so my first travel experience, I was a grown woman. My first time on the plane, I was 23 years old. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm. So, and I was going to Richland, Washington state, <laughs> Washington state, all like the, all the way, up. all the way <laughs> to the other side for work. Mm. So this wow. was a new job, a new flight. And it was, so scary. Oh. And you did it by yourself. I did it by myself. I was at work. So I, right. I, I had co-workers right. that I had known. But you didn't have your mother. You no. weren't like, hey, your sister's like, no. oh, we, I'll, I'll go with you. It was it was so scary. But I'm so grateful because when you grow up in the inner city, mm. you have chops. Right. You right. you are brave. You you yes. know, you know how to, you know, get going mm-hmm. and you know, and so but this topic is so important because as a black kid, you know how to handle your community. Right. Mm. You know the isms and schisms and the culture and, and what's passable, how to communicate, mm-hmm. you know, but in a whole new state, in a whole new region, you have to step back and mm-hmm. scale back mm-hmm. and really learn about yourself and other people right. and mm. for black people a lot of black people don't have that don't privilege have that. Right. No. and i no, had no. to realize that that was a privilege that i was traveled at the age of 23 i was thinking that oh i'm late but it's mm. people <clears throat> in their 30s and 40s who didn't have who that didn't luxury have... so yes travel yeah <laughs> as a black person is a luxury yeah. so so i'm gonna say something real quick and then i'm gonna let robert and then i'll yes. come back to myself um so <laughs> you talk about um being exposed to different people when you traveled mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to washington just in washington right. which is right. in america but when you when you stepped outside and you took a step back and said okay you know what let me learn about myself and other people yes right Mm -hmm. then you have a different lens of how to navigate the world Mm -hmm. right but there are so many black people now today who have never traveled outside of their own city yeah yes never traveled outside of their own neighborhoods so when they go out 
They it's treat shocking. everybody like, like the people from yeah. around the way. That's and right. that's, yep. You can't go about no. your life like that. Because you don't know that. Because you think everybody is like the people from around the way. Right. Exactly. Right. right. You don't yep. know that people are different because you've never seen Because you've never seen it. Yeah, you know. So I, I I just wanted to touch yeah. on that because that's that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like yes, yes. When, when you was talking, that. when you was talking, I was like, okay. I the first time I ever traveled out of the Bronx was um, I had joined the Navy when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. So I went to Chicago, but you know, you on a base stuff like that. But my first interaction in um, we the first place I ever went when I was in the Navy was I went to Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, okay. You know, um, I was in boot. I was stationed in San Diego. We went to Tijuana, Mexico. And let me tell you something. If when you go to Tijuana, Mexico, and this was back, I want to say in the late '80s. You know, you 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 got to see poverty like never before. Yeah. So, I didn't feel so bad about coming from the Bronx because I knew there was <laughs> other people suffering way worse than I was. And so I didn't feel bad about that. Then I ended up going to Dubai. I went to Dubai before Dubai was Dubai now. Oh, what was like, that? Because we, I was in the Navy, it was that during Desert Storm. <laughs> so we went to Dubai and um, I got to learn different cultures. What you can do, what you, you know, the difference, like the things we do, how we interact with women. Because when you're a Navy man, you coming off the boat thinking, hey, America's here. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And they tell you straight off the back, listen, you can't just whistle at women. Right. You can't right. talk to them the way you want to. You know, this is what you can do. Right. You can't use your, you can't like make certain gestures. This, that should get you fucked up out there. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So going through that was like, yo, it made me understand that, yo, what I was learning in the Bronx, what I what I know in the Bronx, don't work in don't Washington, D.C. Don't work over here. Right. So you learn how to deal, how to, to interact with people differently. Yeah. And you learn different cultures. And that's where I think you get to respect people more. Yeah. Because you're sitting here like, yeah, what I know from the Bronx is word. Nothing else. Right. Take your ass out of Dubai, try doing that shit. Yeah. You, you locked yeah. up in a minute. Yeah. So, so uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say two things about what you just said. Thank you. First of all, thank I'm, you. I'm sorry, I was cursing a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, listen, this is not that kind of podcast. For they know this by now. They know what we talk oh. about. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't make us curse Franklin, y'all. Listen, now, listen, <laughs> listen. That's that's another con- That's another. That's another podcast. The Kurt Franklin. Okay, we say that. We say that. Come back. Come on back. No, but the, the, the thing that I wanted to say, uh, two things I wanted to say, and then I'll talk about my experience about what Robert said. Um, the first one is um, <clears throat> poverty, right? This idea of poverty. When you mm. travel to a different country for the first yes. and you really see not only poverty, but like the depths of how people around them treat people. And it's both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Some, yes. You go to yeah. some countries and they treat homeless people like they are like, like no, they got, they, they are <laughs> like, yes. no, we're going to yes. take care of our people. Yes. Uh, listen, I don't care what yeah. happens. We're going yes. we, we to have to, have to dig yes. in the mountain. Yeah. We are going to make sure that these people are sheltered. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So that's one thing, but but you also go to some countries and it's like, I'm sitting over here worried about if I could get like a, a McFlurry and, and they want 
this whole dollar, the, just yes. this yes. one dollar would change their existence. Mm -hmm. And oh, you're God. like, oh, yes. wow. So you, you get a, just a general scale of where you are in the hierarchy of the world. Yeah. Yes. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about, oh, quick, um, just very quickly, is this idea of, um, particularly in other countries, but sometimes even in other states, how um, we are viewed as Americans in mm. other countries. Oh. You go to another country, depending on the country, mm -hmm. right? Depending yeah. on the country, we are either looked at as those old nasty Americans. Mm -hmm. Like yes. they, they set yeah. up the and stupid because they yes. voted for this man yeah. who was supposed to be leading our country. Yeah. Right? We <laughs> they exactly. look at us like you stupid <laughs> American <laughs> person who only knows one language. Yeah. And, yes. <laughs> and, no, let's be real. You're right. And think that you're gonna come over here and like do you? You are right. an American. Sir. Yo, I love it when Americans go to other countries and be like, "Y'all speak English over here?" Right. You the hell? You speak out. And by this time, we need to send it over here in America. Mm. Like you look to your right. left or your right, it's somebody who probably was not born speaking the language right. that you speak. Absolutely. So, You're the yeah. only one who's not right. bilingual. So. And we exactly. didn't tell us. So you mad at us because you don't know no other language. Right. right. You okay. Right. <laughs> but also, I mean, even from, from, um, from state to state or region to region within yeah. America, right? You go to, you're from Cleveland, you're, you're from the Bronx. You go to Washington. Yeah. Right? And those people were like, hmm. Like it, depending on where it is, they may look at they you. They weren't. Like, they were so. They and, were like. And they may be very welcoming because it's a very different part of part of the country. Go I ahead. don't even think that they were welcoming or not. I think that they weren't used to even seeing a black person. Mm. So that's a whole new yes. dynamic mm -hmm. because each person is only going off of knowledge of black people that they may have seen on TV. Exactly. You know. Which is really the only way they know because this was like a one horse, like there were literal tumbleweeds. <laughs> well, tumbleweeds. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, yes. It was like a de desert kind of. And you said area. this was for work? Yes. They sent you here for work. Yes. So <laughs> I, I elected to go. This was the beginning of my career. Okay. This was great. Mm, and I'm it was saying. tumbleweeds. And, and for me, I thank God because it was the perfect start off place for me. Yeah. Mm. quiet yeah. those people it, it wasn't too racist now i have been to racist places yeah. during my mm. career of traveling but it wasn't too racist i think they just didn't know about yeah. black people at all yeah it, it was like and i think we talked about it before marquise when i moved from the bronx like i live in new jersey now i live in south brunswick new jersey mm -hmm. and moving even going from the bronx to south brunswick new jersey is almost like a culture shock mm -hmm. like i remember the day when we pull up in front of our house and we get out and you got like eight, nine black people filing out of this car. Right. Everybody out their window. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Yo, I'm like, dude, I'm down the turnpike. I ain't I, like, I ain't go that like right here. So you don't expect that, but you see the difference in cultures. Like, you know, majority of people I lived around was more of like the Indian descent. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, what the hell? What are you doing here? What's you know? Right. Yeah. So it's like you don't even have to go that far to get a different reaction. So I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something about my own experience. I think we're we're good. Yeah, we're we're good so. on time. Um, about my own experience because one of the uh, pieces of feedback that I got from my listeners is that um, I often um, I'm very good at communicating and but I let my guests talk too much and I don't reveal enough about myself. Uh oh, spill so. it. <laughs> I mean, hold on. I'm gonna I'm put myself on mute. Go ahead, take it away, more. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's not there's not a lot to tell as far as travel goes. Um, my mother and my brother and I lived in Jersey. My father lived in Georgia. So we went to school in Jersey, and every summer, my brother from the time I was five, my brother and I would get on a plane and fly to Georgia. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was used to having to um, not only like navigate traveling itself, right? So we were put with a flight attendant. Mm -hmm. We got these little pins, Delta, <laughs> right? My mother would pin, pin, safety pin. Yes. Money inside. Yes. It'd be like, this is your travel money. Don't you let nobody have this. <laughs> and she would pin the money inside of my little clothes. Sound so like the <laughs> I traveled and I also got used to um, having to straddle two different types of worlds mm -hmm. because my father lives in my father lived and lives in Fort Gaines, Georgia. Mm. There's one stoplight. There is one library. Wow. There is a courthouse that like doubles as the daycare. That also <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's that kind of town. Like, you mm. know, they they don't have a lot and, and it's very um it's southern 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 right and then to live in edison new jersey or east orange new jersey or, you know it, it was it was a it's just a different culture mm -hmm. right yeah yeah at the time 75 percent of the relatives in in fort Gaines were my relatives <laughs> my my uncle was the, is the sheriff he's still the sheriff my aunt used to be the mayor Wow. You know, like this, it was that kind of like mm. that kind of small town. Oh, Nothing but black man. people, right? But then when I lived in Edison, you had everybody in everything from Japanese American, yeah. Indian American, and even within Indian American, there were people who had like chic, you know, they had their yeah. raps and mm -hmm. they, you know, they would have a dot on their head. Most, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, just all kinds of people, right? Yeah. And I couldn't come back to Jersey. With a with a, with a southern accent, right, right. I kinda, to... you know, I need need to be able to switch, mm -hmm. travel, you know, straddle both worlds. Yeah. Um, but my first international experience or be, being able to leave the country, I didn't do that until I was 35, 30, wow. yeah, 35. Mm. And I went to Cancun, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. My partner at the time and my partner still um went there for work and he said you know you should come down we'll spend yeah. another extra couple days and i was right. like open up the country i don't have the passport nobody taught me about a right. passport right. i you know i had to go and get a damn passport yeah i'm 35 years old so this is not that long ago yeah, don't just, feel bad i just got my passport a year ago yeah listen i just right. left the country in 2019 so, <laughs> went to Ghana. so you know um but when i did go we went to cancun right and there was the resort part of cancun mm -hmm. and then there's like the the actual Real. like <laughs> this is where these people live in lean-tos with a with a uh, an actual tin roof that you yes. really might see right. and mm -hmm. this is where they live <laughs> and then i thought about well what kind of <laughs> asshole am I spending all this money at this resort. At the beach. Right. And then <laughs> money to these people who yeah. actually live here. Like, what kind of American? That's why they don't like us. Yeah. And I've got some kind we of think everything is just... <laughs> well, yeah. You know, uh, I say, and I've been to other countries since then. I've been to Iceland. I've been to uh, Paris. And <clears throat> I'm planning on going to a number of other places. But I say all that to say there is this idea that... Um, as a particularly as a Black American, we live in such insular lives. We're so isolated and yes. insular in our own sort of either neighborhoods, 
cities, states sometimes, or even our own countries. And it's not until you actually go someplace else mm -hmm. that you're like, oh shit, like either they really love black people. You go to China, these mm -hmm. people are like, oh my God, a black person, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> good for ill, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other subject. I'm just going to let that go. But, you know, there, <laughs> there, are, there are other countries that really love seeing black people. Go ahead. I do want to say one more thing, sure. though, because I think that um, my mother and so many other mothers are, was so good at this because in a way, I will say I was a little prepared to travel. Mm -hmm. My mother would have us watching the Travel Channel on, mm. uh, well, PBS. PBS will have like oh, on yeah, Saturdays. I'm like, you had cable? Oh, no, no, PBS. Oh, you uh, said you Anthony was poor, Bourdain, you had cable. No. Right. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, and then we'll come on oh, PBS. Yes. Yeah. Travel and try foods. And my mother was religious with this mm. and always told us like, this it's more to life than just little old Cleveland. She mm. always mm. told us that. And so I think her and a lot of other Parents, I won't just say mothers. I'm just a mother, so no. mothers are near and dear. Are you more than a mother? Trust me. <laughs> so, so I think my mother and a lot of other mothers, you know, do prepare in that way. Yeah. You know, mm. you she didn't travel out of the country, mm. and so what she could do was open our eyes to see that there is more than what we see when we open the window. So we've talked about a lot so far, obviously, um, but. This is a complete left turn from our last conversation, which was about um, your first travel experience as a black person. But I did want to talk about, uh, I put this on the outline of um, being black in America and learning about sex. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, <laughs> right, this is a lot to unpack, yeah. but I wanted to make sure that we got to this. Um, I have a number of, oh, let me say the bullets that I have just to make sure that I touch on all of them. We talk about sexual identity, sexual orientation, right? So sexual identity is like, I'm a, a man, female, trans, whatever. Am I uh, sexual orientation, gay, straight, bisexual, mm -hmm. right? Sexual mm -hmm. molestation mm. in, the black, in the black American community, mm -hmm. pregnancy, mm -hmm. how we treat our black pregnant sisters, right? Yes. Um, particularly as a young person, right? right? You get 20, mm. 19, you're pregnant, yep. how do we treat that, right? Yeah. STDs within, mm. the black within Black America, right? Mm -hmm. Who taught us about chlamydia, gonorrhea, what to do, how to do, HIV, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. Some of these things we learned through media, some of them we learned through our friends, some of them we didn't learn at all. Right. Some of them we should have learned. Mm -hmm. Some of us are still learning. Yeah. So, you know, there's all sorts of layers to that. And then the last one that I absolutely want to make sure we get to is learning about sex as a black American young person, right? But expression of love through sex, right? Mm. So there's this idea that sex is one thing and love is another, right? But as a young person being black in America, we either learn or don't learn specific ways to express our love for a person, right? Through sex. Mm -hmm. So I know that was a lot to sort of yeah. like touch on, but mm -hmm. like as a young person growing up, mm -hmm. you're Brianna yeah. and you're 18 and out here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dipping it and doing it. Like, like and doing it and doing it well. She represents Queen. She was raised out in Brooklyn. Hey. Doing, <laughs> doing it well. <laughs> How did you learn? I mean, yeah. there were music videos. There were things that your parents so, tell you. Yeah. Like, how did you learn about all that stuff? So for me, sex was an ongoing conversation that my mother had with us girls. So my mom has three girls and one boy. Mm. The boy is the youngest. 
And so um, with us, my mother had an ongoing conversation. It started when we were really young um, about menstruation. Mm. Uh, there was an eight-year-old girl when yeah. I was in second grade who started her period. Yeah. Oh, wow. Eight? Eight. Oh, my gosh. And so we were um, mortified. Like, what does this mean? And yeah. so I asked my mom about it. And that was how I remember the first Talk. entrance into. Yeah, into about sex mm -hmm. and from there you know as we got older my mother was really open about sex with us in the fact that it's normal and your urge or desire to want to do it is normal but we did grow up in church yeah. and so yeah. um there was that and so in church we um are taught that you don't have sex until you're married yeah. and so my mother was really um uh a beast with raising us <laughs> yeah. because she always taught us that you know you're going to want to have sex it's normal it's mm -hmm. normal that you like you you are you have attraction you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying it's right. normal and so she really <clears throat> encouraged us about birth control mm. um told us at a young age yeah yeah she would mm. prefer that we were knowledgeable and told her and she could prepare us so I don't, I, I'm not going to cut you off. I just mm -hmm. want to say that there are both within the black community and sometimes in other like minority communities, even white communities, they shy away from telling their children that you may get pregnant because it's like forbidden. Like don't yeah. talk about it at all. So yeah. I just wanted yeah. to like, that, that, that's interesting that yeah. you were taught at an early age about pregnancy. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Um, well, it's because my mother expressed to us that she never got the sex talk. And mm -hmm. so my mother was born in 61 her mother was born, I think, in either 23 or 32. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, but so, you know, they wasn't trying trying to have no sit down talks right. about the this is your bees, body. Right. And, yeah. You know, this, that, like my grandmother and her siblings were sharecroppers in mm -hmm. Macon, Georgia. So mm -hmm. it, they, they, that was the last thing on their mind. Right. Like these are the type of things right. that I'm talking about when you talk about being systemically behind on mm -hmm. so many levels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why a lot of those sharecropping families who came up to, you know, the Midwest and to New York and all of that, they were having babies at young ages. Yeah, but nobody told them. At 15, 14, right. our grandmother then was having our mothers at 14 mm -hmm. years old. And yeah. so I think my mother knew that and that there was a, a ignorance mm. to, you know, what sex was at that age. And she wanted to equip us. And I'm really grateful she did. And, and, Pat, and again, going back to patting ourselves on the back, yeah. look how far we've come. Her yeah. mother was yeah. wise enough to at least teach her that. Yeah. Because she didn't right. teach her about a FICO score. She okay. did teach her about <laughs> pregnancy. She said, look, they're going to ruin your life. Don't you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a step in progression. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to like touch Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. good for her. Mm -hmm. um, Robert, Go I'll, I'll bring. Well, <laughs> yes. I, I, don't, I don't recall having the uh, sex talk. Um, I, uh, my oldest son, I had when I was 16, his mom was 14. Right. So, um, you know, it was difficult. I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I'm a baby raising a baby. Right. Um, uh, for years, you know, me being a 16 year old man, I was like, I don't give a damn. That's not my problem. Right. You know, um, my dad was, you know, my dad, and my mom, they accepted my son, my son. And they was like, Oh, they, it was after the fact they was like, okay, this is how you now have to be, mm -hmm. you know, but me being so young, I was like, it's not my problem. 
and, and you know, not to be, you know, I, I love my 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 son's my son's mother because to be 14 and take on that responsibility with, with me being the a-hole I was at the time, you know, I was like, yo, you who had to be, you know, like I'm I'm gonna say it, I don't care. But you know, my my interaction with her and my son was really like, okay, you know what? I'm getting that urge. Let me go visit my son. Mm -hmm. I knew she still felt for me. So I was like, okay, let me go over there. Boom, boom, boom. I'm out the door. Right. You know, it wasn't until I, you know, I got a little bit older. Um, my dad was like, yo, my dude, you doing fucking wrong. You know, you got a son. You have to do better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My dad was like, yo, you, you, you're portraying something to your son and he's watching. Now, to me, I never understood that. I was like, he's a baby. You don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You don't know where I'm at. You know, you know. But he understands that, you know, yes, he sees his mom, but then, like, where's his dad? You know what I'm saying? Where are you at? You come in, you pop in, two, three hours, and you out the door. So it wasn't until I got a little older that I understood the responsibility that I was putting on her was unfair for her to have on her own. But by the time that happened, she had so much animosity build up against me. Yes. Because, like, yo, now you want to be this dad. All of you know, right. and I almost expected her to fucking down like, yo, your dad ain't shit. He, ain't. Right. Right. she talked highly about me to this man. To her, yeah, because well, it comes from a place that she loved you. Mm. Why would she tell you know? I mean, not, not just her personally, but you know, I know a lot of women who are like that. Yeah. You know, I think it's the minority that women talk down on the fi on the father of their child mm. because I, I do. Oh, wow. I really mm. do. Um, because I love this person that I had this child with. Mm. My mother didn't talk down on my dad either. So so I I I, I don't want to interrupt this flow, but I have a number of thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, finish what you were saying, Robert. So nah, it's like, and so for me, I'll always be grateful to her for that, because as of today, my, my son's thirty two. We have a great relationship, you know. Uh, me and his mom have a great relationship now, but you know, I I didn't have, and I don't know, and maybe I, you know, because I don't know, I don't think that as an African American men, there was a lot of, it, we didn't have that talk. It was like, all right, when you do it, just put a condom on, right. you know. Say we didn't, we I I didn't grasp. The understanding of not following that, you know, it's like, yo, let's get it. I ain't got time for all that, you know. So now, like I said, I'm I'm appreciative of who she is, and I, I think I I equate that to her mom mm -hmm. giving her the blueprint of what to do because she lived with her mom and everything, you know. Fourteen, like, you know, I was like, yo, she she did what she had to do. So, so so I'm gonna talk about my experience, and I'm gonna be probably more frank than I should. <laughs> But that's okay, right? I've had a glass of wine, or I'm just telling my truth. Right. right? That's it. Um, so a couple things, and don't let me forget okay. about that point about uh, women and talking about the, the fathers of their children. Oh, okay. Right, don't let me okay. forget that. Um, the first thing that I will say is that <clears throat> um, I grew up, I had one younger brother, but I was raised primarily by my mother, mm -hmm. right? And so a mother to a son, right, being taught about sex is a very different experience, <laughs> Yeah. right? So when I started masturbating, 
-hmm. right? For the first time. My mother did not have that talk with me. What, did mm. you tell her about it? No, she knew what was going on. I was locked in the bathroom for, you know, however long I was locked in there. Don't nobody take a shower for two hours. Right. <laughs> but she knew what was going on, but she never said, this is natural. She never yeah. said, this is mm. not, you know, this is not shameful. So I felt like I had to hide it for like yeah. ever, right? Yeah. So that's right. the first thing. Yeah. Um, and so there's like the black people part of it and then it's just mother to son you can't exactly go to your son and be like listen i know what you're doing <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i know what you're doing okay? <laughs> them socks are getting goddamn crispy bro <laughs> but my kids do they think i oh uh, well so 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 that's one thing right um the other thing is that obviously my experience is going to differ from your you all's dra uh, um drastically right um, one of the bullet, bullet points I put down here was sexual orientation, right? So I, um, my mother never impressed upon me that you must be gay or straight or bisexual, right? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but my father's side of the family certainly did, right? Mm -hmm. They were Southern Baptists, right? So if you had a little switch in your walk, if you spoke a certain way, if you, had an idea that maybe girls may not be for me right even if you saw it on tv mm -hmm. it would be like that old faggot shit yeah. mm. like that old you know yeah. you're, you're just you are not to shut be just shut it all the way down without the even the possibility of yeah. a discussion about sexual orientation so right. i did i had no sense of gay people except that they were damned mm -hmm. and like going to hell right absolutely yep. in the black community mm -hmm. and, and that is you know we learn i i would the reason i put this down is that we are often so often um formed by who we are by our our, our family and our past and how we are taught right mm -hmm. it isn't until really we're uh, full adults that we like place start placing experiences on ourselves and mm -hmm. say no this is who i want to be mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um so my mother did eventually have the talk with me about you know don't get a girl pregnant and so for my entire high school years i did girls and i was having sex and with girls you and know, i was and, making sure i didn't and, get them and making sure i didn't get them pregnant <laughs> right 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 but, but other than that there was no at the time and i grew up in the as a teenager i was in the 90s there was no sense of, and I don't know why, STDs, right? There was no sense of like, it was wear a condom, but wear a condom so you don't get her pregnant. It wasn't wear a condom so you don't get gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, you know, all, you know, all the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yep. And we learned about it from like the health videos mm -hmm. and health class, but you don't know what this either does to your body or can do as in the long term for an STD. Right. Really? And so, you know, we wore condoms, but only to get, to not get the girl pregnant. And of course, right. As as it you know as it turns out I wound up you know not ha having to worry about people getting getting somebody pregnant but <laughs> <laughs> at the time it was like it was only impressed upon us that um, sex is a thing right um, it happens mm -hmm. right um, it it is supposed to happen to get other people here on this earth. But other than that, it's not to be fooled around with. It's like black right. magic. Don't you fool around with that That's black it. magic. Right. Right. <laughs> that you touch that goddamn stove. You know, yeah, and it's true because for young girls, they tell us all kinds of stuff about after you have sex, 
or even if you if they think you thinking about having sex and you smelling yourself and who you think you are mm -hmm. and it's like you know um when you going into your womanhood the women are ready to like let you know you ain't no woman yet mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that I want to touch on, um, and I, I, I do want to like make sure that I touch on this for each of you, and is also it, the baby mama. Oh yes. Oh no. Let me let me say that first. So, <laughs> you made a point to say that um, it has been your experience, and the people that you know, yeah. they don't talk about um, their children's fathers in a negative light. Talk bad about them to the kid. To right. The kid. Yeah. Right. So. So. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, two things I want to say about that. One, that is also my experience. Mm -hmm. My father was um, often problematic as a father, <laughs> right? And I love him, yes. right? But right. like looking back, there were many things that were problematic. And my mother never said to me, your dad ain't shit. Right. It was mm -hmm. never that. No. However, mm -hmm. in black medias black black media today we're only taught that black women talk badly about the, their children's father mm -hmm. that's the to it, each it, other to maybe each, I right. see that in movies and television where they, they will say literally to the child like who like they will say it but to see, their that's children. the problem and that's with the media that's what i was just yeah saying. that's what i wanted to touch on i wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that i touched on that because I know what my experience has yeah. been, and you just told me what your experience has and been, and I assume that that's his experience. Yeah. But like we are sort of somehow trying to be conditioned that like nah, yeah. there's some problem within black mothers and black fathers, and that's a, just not so. This not is it's not. It's, it's not, yo. <laughs> I was watching they, a, a Medea movie with the kids right before we got here. Mm. And those grandmothers were on there acting so ugly. Mm. And I looked at my brother and I said, I don't know no grandmothers that act like that this. That would do this. Really? Now, now Ever. of course, our, some our grandmothers are witty and mm -hmm. they'll tell you about yourself with the quickness. But all of that foolishness you see on there. Now, imagine those people in Richmond, Washington. Looking at that, this they and believing. That and they believe yes. that's how we get right, raised right, up. Right, right. Right, right. Of course and they don't think. That's exactly what I wanted to touch on. Robert, yes. you were going to say something. And and it's not like, I think that also the people that portray that is the father, because it's like, to to her, to her my son, she never badmouthed me. Mm -hmm. But to me, I was all types, you <laughs> dumb nigga, why the fuck this, that, and the other. So it, it, it's that pride of the father's like, oh, who the hell you think you are? So they, they, they make it seem like the mother is badmouthing us to our son, but all she really doing is like, dude, step up to your responsibility right, right. you know they're, they're holding us accountable when the father's like well what the fuck i gave you 25 dollars yesterday why the fuck what the fuck you talking about you, you understand right. what i'm saying so it's like and and you're right when people see that they equate that to like oh the african-american family is always torn apart toxic and all yes. this other kind yeah. of stuff. Between, I mean, if Brittany was on, she'd probably say the same thing. But, but I don't know a person that I know that, and I know a bit a lot of black folks, okay, who really are like out there, just like just blowing, blowing Telling up their kids that they daddies or their mothers, or <laughs> yes, or Either their mothers. <laughs> right, he he doesn't say it, not to the kids. No, absolutely never, not. never. And I don't think any parent because. Well, I can get too deep with this, and I'm not. Let me not. Even. Can I just share one thing real quick? Um, 
so when I met my, my when I met my wife, um, her daughter was ten years old. Like I said, she was previously married, and you know everybody in her circle was like, "Yo, you need to take your fa- take the father to you know court this that and the other." And she never like it was funny because she never even bad mouthed her daughter to you know about her father. And I was like, "Yo, you don't need to do all that." You know, it's like that whole portray mm-hmm. like, "Oh, they just downgrade him." She's just like, "Nah," you know. She needs to understand that her father is a great man, yeah. and that's yeah. the only that's the only thing I need to put in this little yeah. child's head that your father is a great man. Over and over that this man ain't shit. He is the <clears throat> dirt. He's scum. I hate him. Then what does that mean? That child was born out of that's number one. I don't hate this. Yes, man. right. Yes. I loved him. He was a good person, you know. And probably is, and is capable of good. Yes. And will be yes. a good person again. And was good to me, or else you wouldn't be here. Right, right. So, and, and let me just say this one other thing. No, go ahead, Robert. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, and, um, oh, I just forgot my thought. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, the but, other thing I was just going to say was, as, as, as a citizen of the Black community, mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to even to say, for the most part, even if he ain't shit, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell my child he is. Yeah. Right. Like that, there, there's she a responsibility. He or she will exactly. Like we're not gonna downplay our black kings and black queens no. to our black princes and yes. princesses. We don't <laughs> yes. know it. No, because it, like my mom would always tell me, she was like, yo, even when I decided, you know, in my own brain, I decided to now I'm gonna step in and be a good father and whatever the case is, she would always tell me, listen. Your son's oh, he's gonna know who you really is when he gets older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, the 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 what he's the the information that he's for is coming from the outside world. When he has that one on one with you, he's gonna be able to tell my dad ain't shit. No right. one's gonna have to tell him that. Right. He's gonna understand that. Right. Now you can decide whether or not how you want to project that to him, but you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be you Superman. To right. Either. Uh, and and let the truth be what it is. Yes. If 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 he ain't half a shit, okay, let him be half a shit. If he ain't sh- if he ain't worth nothing, not nan shit, not nan right. shit, not nan. <laughs> not- and and the kids are watching, right. and that doesn't mean like you were saying, like with their two eyes, but it means that you're laying a foundation on their belief system. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yes. it's saying that. What you're doing now is telling them that this is how life is and this is how it should be. And it's hard as a grown-up to erase those pathologies that you have yes. that have been ingrained in you for your whole life. So let yep. me say one, let me just let me just say one other thing. For those of you who are listening to this as episode five or six, whatever it is, I want you to know that this woman right here who is next to me, you can only hear her, but she is a spiritual advisor. Yeah. This woman just gave you a word, okay? <laughs> and the word was about laying the foundation, yeah. okay? <laughs> Say it again. Say it again for us. <laughs> no, but like when your children are watching you, they're la- you're laying the foundation on their belief system. On their belief system. And their pathologies. And their pathologies. Yeah. This is mm. a spiritual advisor. Her name is Brianna Ellis. You can reach out to me for her contact information. <laughs> she will give you a chapter. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. No, the last thing I wanted to say about um, sex in general, and then Brianna, you're gonna have the next topic. 
um, is um, this idea of expression of love through sex, right? Mm. So, oh, it's so important. So my mother, yes. who was the primary person who raised me, right, um, never, um, she, she made it a point to tell me that you should have sex with someone you love, but it was never mm. the, the must. Mm -hmm. right mm. it was never like a thing that if you don't love this person you should don't not have sex with them mm -hmm. um and that is, so that idea among with along with many other ideas sort of shaped who i was as an adult both for good and for bad right mm. as an adult um particularly now as i'm like in my 40s I do um, have a different um, sort of perspective and attitude on love or on love and sex, right? I do believe that you can have a jump off, you can have sex with somebody and not love them at all. Like you know, uh, to me that's obvious, but to other people you must. But from my perspective, you can have sex without love. However, right. what my mother and my aunties and my uncles and whoever else was around and my dad and my friends should have taught me was that as a young person, we equate the two mm -hmm. and they are mm. in, inseparable. Mm -hmm. So mm. if I'm with a young lady or a young man or whomever, and I tell them that I want to have sex with them, they, as a young person too, will most likely believe that I love them with all my heart yes. and soul and yes. I would never yep. leave them and I would never hurt them and I would never. And so then when it does happen, yes. it is devastating. Absolutely. That's the little piece that I was missing. That's the little like thing that I wish that like somebody has said to me and like said it to me in such a way you're sort of imprinted it upon me in such a way that I would have like really gone about my life about that because I... I've broken some hearts. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had sex with somebody and been like, oh, well, you know, that was nice. Mm -hmm. But, you know. <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow. No, absolutely. And so, and I, so I just wanted to, like, touch on that and see what you all's perspective and thoughts were about that particular topic. Well, I always believe, like, as far as, like, when it comes to a female, you know, like, you know, for them to give you something that's so precious to them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be something in their heart that be like, yo, I love this man. And, you know, maybe there's some out there that you like, they all willy nilly with it. But I think for the most part, when you have a woman that's willing to give you their body, let, I mean, we talk about anatomy. They, this shit is more yeah. internal than ours. We like, all right, cool. We get a cloth. We on, on to the next one. Right. But when they do some shit like that, it's like, yo, they care about every crevice of your body. They love you because now I want you to be part of me. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, it's like, you know, yeah, when you get that dude that's like, listen, boom, like that prom night, no, I'll call you tomorrow. It's like, wait a minute, I thought we was in love. I thought this is what we was about. Right, right. You know, so I 100% believe that it, it's it's um something that we need to be teaching and discussing, mm -hmm. right? And I think oh, that... Oh, no, 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 no. I just wanted to touch on one other thing very quickly, is that when we talk about expression of love, uh, of love through sex, right? Mm -hmm. That includes yourself. Mm. When you are having sex with yourself, <laughs> you are loving yourself. And Look, I, who knows I it? agree. Look, people on the podcast, I, I want you to know that I when agree. you are having sex with yourself, 
You were showing yourself self-love. I love me. God damn it. If nobody else don't, I do. <laughs> and, so, and that's, I, I just wanted to make sure I said that. Let <laughs> me teach the people yeah. while I got them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, at, um, as a woman, I think that you guys are absolutely right mm. in you guys' 40s, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm. And I think that that's probably learned, but I want to take it back just a, a step because right. I think that we don't even know what love is. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of times people are feeling like they are making love or they are expressing love through sex mm -hmm. or yep. they think that sex is the expression of love. Mm -hmm. You know yes. what I'm saying? And yep. without proper knowledge of what love is, you know that that love is god and that god is you and it's in you and all of that stuff like then you can go to the next phase of i'm sharing this with you right mm -hmm. but because because it's so um such a topic that no like no parents tell you about how you know when you're in love what mm. love feel like from my right. experience my mother was a broken-hearted woman mm. A devastated woman mm. who had to raise children on her own you know so for me understanding love i had to try and figure out on the journey you know figure it out right. as i go like what does love Absolutely. look like how so, does it feel so she may ask me to cut this out but her email is be spiritual advisor <laughs> gmail.com. That's for anybody who wants to know. This is my spiritual right. advice. My website is, and so it is. And so, no, no. Let, let's just let's let's have a commercial for Brianna right now. Okay, I am Brianna Ellis. I am a spiritual advisor, motivational speaker. Mm. I am an author, and you can find me at and so it is counseling. Com. And so it is counseling.com. Yep. Okay. Mm. And this is our spiritual advisor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I just listen. Remote black people. Yes. I'm an author. <laughs> Get my book. Yes. Why not? Yes. Why not? So uh, Robert, go ahead. Go ahead. So when you talked about like how how you know your your love, and I always tell my kids this when like when I met her mom. When I went, when I met their mom, how I knew she kind of, you know, she was really into me, and it wasn't about sex. It wasn't about. I think I came in. I was hanging out with the boys. It was like maybe one, two o'clock in the morning. I come in pissy drunk. I'm like fall down drunk. I go to the room, and she sleep. She wakes up and says, "Hey, baby, did you eat?" I was like, "No, nah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm a little hungry." This woman got out of her bed, made me something to eat, wow, and put my ass to sleep. And I'm not talking about she put me to sleep by having sex with me or nothing. She's like, yo, you good? You all right? You need to ask, you know, she took care of me. Like that nurturing factor of her life came out yeah. for some dude that just was out hanging out with his boys for four or five hours. And like, she never, ever, like, I, I'm no dummy, but I know who run my household, who's in control of everything we do. <laughs> but she never lets me forget, yes, you are a man. Yeah. You are the king of this castle. Mm -hmm. And yes, this is who you are. And I'm going to I'm gonna promote you that way. Yes. And yes. that's how I knew it. It wasn't about how many times we had sex, where we did it. It was on command, this, that, and the other. Nah, <laughs> she was just like, yo, that nurturing factor. I was like, wow, this woman must love me unconditionally. And so it's our responsibility 
within within our own Black American community to not only express love to each other to each other through sex, but also pass that on. So, yes. Yes. Okay, so this seems like a good place to stop for now, um, and we'll pick this back up in our next episode. This has been another episode of So Here's the Thing. Uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform, and stay tuned for another episode coming out very, very soon. Thank you, and don't forget to love yourself. Mm-hmm.